not not now Matt I I know that this may not be the the the, the best film that I, I have ever made but I I'm pretty proud of it you see and I, I don't want you to, to mess up this review uh, okay real quick how the fuck did James Stewart end up in the goddamn lab yeah if you can manipulate time and fuck things up I can hang out with awesome actors if I feel like it oh wow see I did all that shit on accident because I was drunk but you brought James Stewart here this is awesome uh, I requested it you see Court's a good friend of mine he comes to visit me frequently throughout time and usually he appears like a giant invisible rabbit you see and yeah. he's, he's rather nice to me that doesn't sound right none of that sounds right is that right no that's totally right yeah, so you, yeah. you show up as a giant rabbit and o- you're visible. only only jimmy can see me yeah they even made a movie about it yeah they, they really did it's kind of fucking dark well it's not really that dark you see court's a good friend of mine yeah i i, I, get I have it. to call him harvey with other people yeah 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 that's that's probably not normal mr stewart in fact i, I think you're Wikipedia page is starting to change right in front of me. Well, that's because people can edit it whenever they feel like it. Yeah. You, you see, I'm aware of this kind of stuff in the future. Uh, are you? You may not have known this about me, but uh, court fills me in on all sorts of stuff. That's that's why I'm so far ahead of my time with everything I do. I mean, you are a tremendous actor, sir. Well, well, well thank you very much. I, I, I always felt I'd try. I mean... And by the way, I thought this was a great movie. Well, really? Yes. A lot of people just really... I, 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 they just shit on it. I, I, forgive my language, but... Uh, it, it could be because you're kind of a creeper in this movie. Well, I, I, that, that's just how it was back then. I, I mean, get it, but you're not typically a creeper. I'm just try- I'm not trying to argue with your craft. Well, I, I would hope that you wouldn't argue with, with me at all there, Matt. I'll, I'll box you about the ears, you see. That's not going to happen. Oh, I, I don't think so. Uh, you better you better put up your dukes, pal. I'll, I'm not going to stand for this kind of stuff. All right, let's do it. Give it Come on, you tall, lanky bastard. Matt, this was a really bad idea. Ah! The bitch sucker punched me right in the ball! Shut up, you little pussy! I'm gonna take you out! Show you how do you like this one? That one! Yeah! Ah! Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, sleazy, cruelly and pyrolistic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of humankind. I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing, to my mind, enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe that they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody dig a very, very large, exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot down it. You know, I think uh, the whole world would be vastly improved by their total and utter non-existence. Cinema Psyops with Hort and Matt. Hello and welcome to Cinema Psyops. Fresh from his fist fight, losing his fist fight to Jimmy Stewart, it's Matt. Number one, 
that tall, lanky bitch sucker punched me. And then number two, that escalated quickly. Yeah, you pick a fight with the sweetest man in Hollywood history. Well, he was kind of being a dick. I thought I he was... I think you rubbed off on him a little bit too much. He wasn't the nicest guy I remember. What I do with my Jimmy Stewart when I take him out of time is my own personal <laughs> business. I just can't believe you picked a fight with the man. I didn't try to pick a fight with him. He was really defensive about this fucking movie. Well, yeah, apparently... And I haven't told him I enjoyed it. I know. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, now. he fucking lost it, man. I guess everybody who hangs around me has a predilection to hate you eventually is how well, it works. I think everyone who hangs around you just has anger issues eventually. I think that has more to do with you than me. That's because I constantly rub off on them, according to you. Rub off on them or rub off on them? It's two things. <laughs> they have two Just different meanings. Chinese menu. <laughs> little column A, little column B. <laughs> like, it's okay to like your pets. It's not okay to love your pets. I love my pets. I yeah. just don't, you know, have love interpersonal relationships with them. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm not making slow love to them. <laughs> slow love. <laughs> not like I do to Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> He's such a... He's such a gentle and kind lover. Oh, man. If there's an afterlight, Jim Stewart right now. I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> no, I, I, I love Jimmy Stewart. I know, right? And if I could have, I would have loved <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> but yeah. Oh. Okay, so why are we doing Vertigo this week? Do, do you want to try? I have and... a fear of heights. Well, so do I. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. And, and then when we were in uh, and we were in Vegas, Vegas, we really challenged that. Yeah, we did. We pushed it quite we, a bit. We pushed it a lot. I mean, not just the fact that you're flying... It, it, flying doesn't bother me really. Flying bothers me. Does it? It's not the flying. It's the fear of crashing that really yeah, yeah, gets yeah. me. It's, it's, the flying part's fine. It's that whole fear of crashing into a fiery death that bothers right. me. And I know the likelihood of that happening is extremely slim. Yeah. But, but the you, fact that it can happen and it's catastrophic no matter what. And I'm a shithead who's like, if it's going to happen to anybody, it's going to happen to me. One would hope. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> Dude, my wife would have been on that plane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she could have survived. Maybe just one... One ca- it's a horrific plane crash with only one casualty. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else crawled inside you to survive. Yeah, like a Todd. Like a Todd. Like For the month of November, we're going to do a little special where we're going to conquer phobias. Yes. And we're going to try and cover movies that speak specifically about phobias that either I or Matt have. And then eventually we're going to try and get some guests that will be able to talk about some of their phobias yeah. as well. And, and, and we're calling it Nope-vember. Nope-vember. That's our special yes. Nope-vember. But nobody cares about any of this no. shit. They tuned in Fuck to hear this. us talk about the sh- vertigo, the, the movie vertigo, not our own personal problems with <laughs> yeah, fear of heights. Not, not our own vertigo. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a little break here. We will play a promo for another podcast. We'll have a little bit of music. And when we come back, we will have the trailer from Vertigo. Hey, you like podcasts about food? Well, how about chains? Boy, howdy, are you in luck? <laughs> I'm Cootie. My name is X. And you might know us from the wildly successful Kiss the Goat podcast. But when we're not drinking fine white wine and helling Satan, we're watching animal attack movies. Holes in the ozone layer. Giant rodents. Packs of wild creatures roaming the streets in search of the most dangerous prey. Humanity. Join us and a special guest animal expert. I'm going to have your health inspector, Bad Grabowski. Hi, I'm Allison. <laughs> I've tried a lot of stuff. You never smashed an ant and smelled it? Every other Thursday on the food chain, where nature runs amok and mankind is always on the menu. That's the food chain exclusively on the Legion Podcast Network. Animal attack, bitches! 
Fuck That is Harvey Danger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows Flagpole Center, yeah. but that fucking album is a lot of great songs, including this song, which is very heavily influenced, I would say. Yeah. Very, very heavily influenced by Vertigo. Definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's a great song. They even have lyrics specifically talking about the events that are happening in the movie, so much so that we almost don't have to do the review, Matt. Yeah, we're done. We can go home. Well, you know what we need to do first before we can go home? What's that? Play this trailer. I'm going to call my mom. Vertigo. A feeling of dizziness, a swimming in the head, figuratively a state in which all things seem to be engulfed in a whirlpool of terror, as created by Alfred Hitchcock in the story that gives new meaning to the word suspense. I don't want to die. There's someone inside me. She says I must die. Scotty, don't let me go. A beautiful girl haunted by the desperate, unexplainable urge to destroy herself. A man possessed by the paralyzing vertigo that made him afraid of high places. Easy now. Oh, no, oh, no. Ah, where's the cinch? Yeah, I look up, I look down. I look up, I look... What was the strange attraction that brought these two together in spite of the dark forces that tore them apart? The specter from the past that drew her to the ancient headstone in the mission graveyard. The compulsion that drove her relentlessly to the point of no return. The story of a love so powerful it broke down all barriers between past and present between life and death, between the golden girl in the dark tower and the tawdry redhead that he tried to remake in her image. If I let you change me, will that do it? If I do what you tell me, will you love me? Yes. All right. All right, then I'll do it. They don't care anymore about me. All right, let's 
Start out vertigo. Vertigo. <laughs> Where to go? Vertigo. <laughs> uh, we open it on a woman's face, and it's our title sequence, and everything's all trippy and gives you vertigo. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of spirals. Yeah. By the way, that intro, first uh, computer thing ever made. Really? Yeah, first thing to use computer graphics ever. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we start with a rooftop chase as uh, two police uh, pursue a suspect. As they're jumping uh, from roof to roof, one of the officers almost doesn't make it and is holding on to like the side of a building. As he looks down, the vertigo sets in. Everything starts to spin. He freaks out a bit. And we see this. Of course, this officer is... James Stewart. A whole lot of nope in that. Yeah, a whole lot of it. <laughs> yeah. And the, like the, the, he's holding on to the gutter and the gutter's giving away. Yeah. And when, you, when you look down at the street and you yeah. actually, that vertigo thing that yeah. happens. Oh, it, it freaks me out. Does, does yours, do you say you feel like it spins, right? I feel like, I feel myself spinning. Yeah. Do you, so do you get that, do you get that feeling of the stuff like elongating like that yes. that it shows? I think that's the most accurate way of showing what it feels it's, like for vertigo. It did, this movie yeah. did one of the better jobs of. Yeah showing a fear of heights we don't get a lot of actual fear of heights stuff in the movie so when we do get there we need to talk about it exactly that's part of the whole november thing to analyze the fear it really makes it like how i have it on a regular basis Um, (laughs) when you take one step up uh how drunk am i (laughs) (laughs) at a normal you yeah that is pretty bad (laughs) um anyway as he's holding on he looks down and uh the other cop comes back for him he tries to help him tells him grab his hand uh as he's inching towards Towards him, he slips and he falls to his death. Anyway, uh, you know, it just more freaked out face, more spinning. Well, if you didn't have James a fear Stewart of heights yet yeah. before your you cop watch. buddy was trying to save you, <laughs> now you do after watching him fall, fall to his, his death. death. Yeah. We fast forward to the future and we are, find ourselves. Uh, we find our main character, John Scotty Ferguson, talking to his best friend and ex-fiance for three weeks back in college, Midge. <laughs> uh, they, Midge is adorable, by the Midge way. Midge is totally adorable. Yeah. Midge is probably my favorite character in this movie. He really fucked up by uh-huh. not giving Midge another chance. Oh, really fucked up. I know they're really good friends, but yeah. like they would have had a well, solid relationship. He tries it in the scene saying, hey, why not? You know, you're single, I'm single, but she didn't seem all that interested either. So I think she kind of already knows, you know? Yeah. Although you kind of get the feeling that maybe Midge is uh, still holding a candle she for de- Yeah, you definitely get that feeling later. Like, Well, no, right I, here at least you get well, that yeah, feeling. I, I, yeah. but, but I also got that feeling like she was holding away from from that as well like trying to like wants to preserve that friendship but later on the candle really burns a bit bright uh yeah definitely yeah um anyway he's uh balancing a cane talking about how then by tomorrow he'll be rid of this damn cane and rid of his girdle and uh he won't have to wear that anymore uh they comment that he is retiring from the force due they're, to his they're calling it a girdle but he has yeah. to have a back brace because of what happened yes. to him yeah did now did he fall or do you think he just got hurt during like grabbing onto that thing i don't think he fell i think he hurt his back hanging from that fucking probably because all your gutter. weight and yeah. who's who how long did it take for someone yeah, to finally come to and get, get him? up there and, and then get him up yeah Oof. figuratively or literally get him up uh, well it's james stewart man you don't have to he just thinks about it and you're fine do he and he talks about how he is a man of means so it must mean he has some money stashed away probably you know i don't know he must have family money he was a police officer back in the day yeah but when they actually probably were paid pretty well but he also says he's a man of means which typically means he has family money. Well, I think he he was like a lawyer, but he became a cop for some reason. That's right. Too. He was a lawyer. So he could have just made a lot of money being a lawyer. Yeah. Also never married, never having kids. I'd like to think that this character moves to the country after everything that he experienced and then ends up defending uh, <laughs> Lee Remick's husband for murder.
murder and anatomy of a murder. There you go. <laughs> what a great movie that is. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Welcome to our new incarnation, the Jimmy Stewart the, the, the Appreciation Jim, Podcast. The, the Jim Stewart Appreciation Podcast. Here we go. Um, anyway, they also discuss how an old college friend, Gavin Elster, had wanted to meet with him. Uh, they speak about how his condition and that Mitch had talked to her doctor and the only cure for it would be another major emotional shock. Right. Then they give out a test where he brings out a chair. He's like, see, look, I'm fine. He's, He's on like a regular step yeah. stool. Yeah. And then she brings out like a higher step stool and he goes, even better. He goes, my grandma had that kind of chair where it's a yeah. chair step yeah. stool combo. Yeah. I used to have my to sit grandma on too. I used to have to sit on it as a kid on Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners and Same stuff. Same here. Yeah. Yes. Um, and somehow it was still cool that you had to sit on it. Yeah. Did you put the, did you pull the steps out so you could put your feet on the steps as you're sitting yeah, on the top? Of course. Yeah. 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 All the time. Welcome to the kitchen chair slash step stool <laughs> appreciation slash hour. Jim, Jim Stewart. Jim Stewart this is becoming This is becoming a very complex month of podcasting. This is very exact. I don't know. It's going to be one show. This, this is done. more niche than Nashicast <laughs> yeah, niche, dude. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but anyway, uh, he takes one step up and he goes, look, look up, look down. Nothing. Takes a second. Look up, look down. Nothing. He gets all the way to the top and he goes, look up. Nothing. Look down, and he just happens to catch out the view of the open window down to the street. And what exactly happened to him would happen to me. Vertigo sets in again. Another, oh God, it's really well done. I don't think that far up would give me a big of a problem. I think it was because he was standing on the stool and it was unstable. Well, that, and, he looked and, down. Then, and then he looked down to an open window that goes out to the street. Well, a window. It was yeah. not open. Well, but... it seemed open. I thought it, her thing was opened up. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, he falls. He passes out. Midge catches him. And Midge, because she's awesome, you know, nurses him. And comforts him. Comforts him. He doesn't deserve it. Make sure he gets back up if you catch my drift. Mm, yeah. His back's not the only thing being healed up, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. Well, Scotty beats with Gavin, and that is our first clip. Oh, what's in your mind, Gavin? I asked you to come up here, Scotty, knowing that you'd quit detective work. But I wondered whether you'd go back on the job as a special favor to me. I want you to follow my wife. No, it's not that. We're very happily married. Well, then... I'm afraid some harm may come to her. From whom? Someone dead. Scotty, do you believe that someone out of the past, someone dead, can enter and take possession of a living being? No. If I told you that I believe this has happened to my wife, what would you say? Well, I'd say take her to the nearest psychiatrist, or psychologist, or neurologist, or psycho... Or maybe just the plain family doctor. I'd have him check on you, too. Then you're of no use to me. I'm sorry I wasted your time. Thanks for coming in, Scotty. Okay. I, uh, I didn't mean to be that rough. No, it sounds idiotic, I know. And you're still the hard-headed Scott, aren't you? Always were. Do you think I'm making it up? No. I'm not making it up. I wouldn't know how. She'll be talking to me about something. Suddenly the words fade into silence. A cloud comes into her eyes and they go blank. She's somewhere else, away from me, someone I don't know. I call to her, she doesn't even hear me. Then with a long sigh, she's back, looks at me brightly, doesn't even know she's been away. Can't tell me where or when. Well, how often does this happen? More and more in the past few weeks. And she wanders. God knows where she wants. I followed her one day. Watched her coming out of the apartment. Someone I didn't know. She even walked a different way. Got into her car and drove out to Golden Gate Park. Five miles. Sat by the lake, staring across the water at the pillars that stand on the far shore. You know, portals of the past. Sat there a long time without moving. I had to leave, get back to the office. When I got home that evening, I asked her what she'd done all day. She said she'd driven out to Golden Gate Park and sat by the lake, that's all. Well? 
Speedometer on her car showed that she'd driven 94 miles. Where did she go? I've got to know, Scotty. Where she goes and what she does before I get involved with doctors. Well, have you talked to the doctors at all about that? Yes, but carefully. I want to know more before committing her to that kind of care. Scotty. All right, I'll get you a firm of private eyes to follow her for you. They're dependable, good boy. I want you. Look, this isn't my line. Scotty, I need a friend. Someone I can trust. I'm in a panic about this. I'm supposed to be retired. I don't want to get mixed up in this darn thing. Look, we're going to an opening of the opera tonight. We're dining at Ernie's first. You can see her there. Well, Scotty heads to that uh, restaurant, and he watches them at dinner, uh, sees them walk out, and um, I guess uh, at that moment decides he's going to take the case after seeing her. Uh, That and the giant amount of red all over that restaurant. Oh, my God, dude. That's like, I mean, that just epitomizes that time. (laughs) It is the reddest, velvetiest restaurant of all time. Man. (laughs) Really had me seeing red. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, the next day, he follows her into a few locations. One to a flower shop where she buys a bouquet of flowers. Uh, then uh, to a mission where she visits the grave of the name of the grave is Carlota Valdez. Carlotta. Carlotta Valdez. Valdez. Then heads to the uh, Legion Honor Art Museum where she enjoys a painting. It's called the Portrait of Carlotta. After looking at the portrait, he can tell that they both have the same hair style and look very much alike. It's literally the same hairstyle. Yes. And it has that whole spirally thing that Hitchcock's going with that motif. For yes. Vertigo. N- yeah, for the vertigo. For to go with the vertigo. Yes. Um, she then heads to the McKittrick Hotel. Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> no, but I'm going to let it go. <laughs> yeah, I went off the sign. McKittrick. How do you pronounce it? I don't know. <laughs> McKittrick works for me. Alright. Sure. Well, how do you know I'm not pronouncing it right? <laughs> because it's you. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, and then even though he sees her enter, he goes in and she's not there. And the lady at the desk claims that the person who went up to the room where he saw her go to hadn't even come in for the day. When he goes up to the room, he looks around and he cannot find her. And then he looks outside and sees that her car is gone. He heads back in to her place and he sees that her car is now parked there. Scotty heads back to Midge's place and asks him to go ahead and introduce him to an authority on the small stuff of the history of San Francisco. Like, who shot who? That was uh, funny. Yeah, the little details of everything that has to do with people's interpersonal lives. Yes. This guy is a gossip for long dead folk. Yes, he is. And she agrees to do so. And I love that when she runs, he just makes himself a drink. She goes, all right, let's go. And she walks out and he's like, hey. <laughs> I'm like, that'd be me too. But like, I just made a beverage. <laughs> it was just like a nice, like a nice tea. You just poured a little bit of water or something. Or a, He poured tea. a drink. I don't know. It had ice doing. in it, but yeah. you know. Come it, on, it man. It wasn't like it had alcohol in it. You don't know that. This is Jim Stewart, my friend. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it didn't have alcohol in it because it was Jim Stewart. <laughs> anyway. Nothing uh, more wholesome than that, man. He, he, uh, yes, you're right. Uh, then he goes ahead and he talks to him. Uh, he meets this person and talks to him in our next clip. Oh, yes. I remember. Carlotta. The beautiful Carlotta. The sad Carlotta. Well, what does an old wooden house at the corner of Eddie and Gough Street have to do with Carlotta Baldwin? Oh, it was hers. It was built for her many years ago. By whom? By, uh, by, uh, a name I do not remember. A rich man, a powerful man. Cigarette? Cigarette, miss? No, thanks. It is not an unusual story. She came from somewhere small to the south of the city. Some say from a mission settlement. Young, yes. 
very young. And she was found dancing and singing in cabaret by that man. And he took her and built for her the great house in the Western addition. And uh, there, was a, there was a child. Yes, that's it. The child. The child. I cannot tell you exactly how much time passed or how much happiness there was. But then he threw her away. He had no other children. His wife had no children. So he kept the child and threw her away. You know, men could do that in those days. They had the power and the freedom. And she became a sad Carlotta, alone in the great house, walking the streets alone, her clothes becoming old and patched and dirty. And the mad Carlotta, stopping people in the streets to ask, where is my child? Have you seen my child? Poor thing. And she died? She died. How? By her own hand. <laughs> there are many such stories. Well, thank you very much. You are welcome. Appreciate it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, wait a minute. Goodbye, Pop. Thanks Goodbye. a lot. All right, so she was like some dude's mistress and he stole her baby? Uh, yes, they had a child together and because he and his wife couldn't conceive, he just took the child uh, and left her in the dust. And basically just turned her into a baby factory? And then did you ever like kind of get the feeling that when he was like, mm, men could do that back in those days, they had more power. I flip flop back and forth from either he's disgusted by it or he's thinking longingly for it. Maybe a little bit of both. I think so. Like, Maybe he's disgusted for those days because he can't get a away with that now i get maybe i don't know but the way he said men have men had more power back then it's just like ah, oh, dude maybe he's interested in powerful men well maybe that's it i don't he, know he is a gossip historian and it's you know kind of no secret that hitchcock was a bit of a misogynist yeah so. no, that's and i'm what? sure he may have had something to do with that that dialogue too so there is that say what yeah i know shocked I know. All right. Uh, after dropping Midge off, uh, who is constantly bothering him for more information, uh, Scotty goes to talk to Alistair, and that is our next clip. Lazy fucker. <laughs> and well, Scotty, good at your job. That's Carlotta Valdez. Yes. The things you didn't tell me. I didn't know where she'd lead you. Well, you knew about this. Oh, yeah. You notice the way she does her hair. You know, there's something else. My wife, Madeline, has several pieces of jewelry that belong to Carlotta. She inherited them. Never wore them. They were too old-fashioned until now. Now, when she's alone, she uh, takes them out and looks at handles them, gently curious. Puts them on and stares at herself in the mirror and goes into that other world. It's someone else again. Now, Carlotta Valdez was what? Your wife's grandmother? Great-grandmother. Now, the child who was taken from her, whose loss drove Carlotta mad into her death, is Madeline's grandmother. And the McKittrick Hotel is the old Valdez home. Well, I think that explains it. Anyone could become obsessed with the past with a background like that. She never heard of Carlotta Valdez. She knows nothing of a grave out of the Mission Dolores, or that old house on Eddy Street, the, the portrait at the Palace of the Legion. Nothing. Well, when she goes to these places... She's no longer my wife. Well, how do you know all these things she doesn't? Her mother told me most of them before she died. I dug out the rest for myself, yeah. Well, why wouldn't she tell her daughter? Natural fear. Her grandmother went insane, took her own life. Her blood is in Madeline. Boy, I need this. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
good times getting a lot of answers here although I think a lot of them are like you know uh, Scotty right now still doesn't believe him but why would you it's a bunch of like esoteric horseshit about yeah. past life regression and ancestors possessing you with their sad ghost tales of- although he's starting to break a little bit yeah it's probably because he's got the hots for Kim Novak yeah which why wouldn't you she was adorable I, I mean holy Jesus yeah come on classy <laughs> Although Midge is still my favorite. Yeah, Midge is just an all-around solid gal. Yeah. <laughs> just seems she seems like she's good for a laugh too. <laughs> she's, she's got a mean streak in her and I like it. You do have a type. I do. I really do have a type. God damn it. You like the kind that punches you in the face and tells you they love you? Yeah, a little bit. I have a problem. I should probably go to meetings. <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh, she just doesn't get she loves me. Anyway, the next day he follows her uh, again, another day of following her, and, and they end up at the San Francisco Bay right by the uh, Golden uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Which is a total misnomer. It's not golden and there are no gates. There are none, but it's the Golden Gate Bridge. Why is it called that i don't know it's red like that restaurant for fuck's sake yeah i don't know it's red like a communist (laughs) now we know everyone out in california is a commie i thought you already knew that yeah i did actually everybody knew nougat (laughs) nougat that's the stuff they put in snickers i love it it's delicious (laughs) i'm just i'm hungry right now god we're loopy just move on with those notes Uh, and she stares out and he stares at her. By the way, the music in this is beautiful. James Bernard. Yeah. It is just, be- I mean, the driving around scenes, because there is not a lot of dialogue up to this point in the movie. No. Because it's a whole lot of him following her, it, but good God, it's suspenseful. Like a, cre- like a creepy level of him following her Yes, around, yes. And trying but, to figure out what she's doing. And every bit of scenery is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, every, everything's every gorgeous. Film, yeah. I mean, oh my, yeah. I, I really wanted to bring up the music though, because yeah. without anybody saying a word and you're literally driving and it's not even a high speed pursuit it is normal driving yeah it is suspenseful oh yeah it is brilliantly done yeah it's well it's fucking hitchcock it's hitchcock dude. yeah of course of course it's gonna be brilliantly done we could break down each individual shot and talk about how everything in these shots are amazing but yeah we can just shorthand it by saying it's fucking hitchcock it's just, yeah it's fucking hitchcock yeah anyway uh she decides to go ahead and she jumps into the bay and so he of course goes chasing after her she's just gonna have a little swim what's wrong I, with I that know. I, don't, I don't know guy he's really possessive fully clothed she's gonna have a little swim yeah well some people like to you know i don't take my shirt off in public either <laughs> thankfully yeah right um uh anyway uh he went ahead after he saves her we cut back now he's there at his place and he's she's passed out in his bed and he's got all her clothes drying so one questions how creepy this got you think he would at least leave panties and bras there yeah, no. even though they're soaked yeah and just take care of the rest of the clothes to dry off i don't know but you don't really question it because it's jimmy stewart yeah i mean he and, was he didn't do nothing wrong yeah and you, you're pretty sure that he's got no ill intentions for that girl in any way <laughs> shape or form so his phone starts going off and of course it's in the bedroom and he answers it and it wakens her and so you know he up the phone and he comes out he goes you should come out by he gives her like a robe and he goes you should come out i have a fire going and he's really insistent in her having coffee like bill cosby insistent on her oh having a come drink. on <laughs> i'm not saying it's not creepy but he just saved the woman's life yeah, he's trying to warm her up and he's convinced he's pretty insistent his solution to everything is have a nice stiff warm drink yeah it really is yeah. i mean you come to see that a lot he questions her about like where she like remembers being 
and like where where is she gone and like what does she do and all this kind of things and he's she, trying to get to the root of the problem yes and see where this psychosis begins and ends with exactly her. and she doesn't even remember jumping into the bay she doesn't know how she got into his apartment why her clothes are wet and he fills her in you know Wait, she, when you say fills her in on the information oh and she thinks she fell and by into the, the bay and by the information you mean his penis yes because it is kim novak yeah know? well i mean and she is pretty much naked and she just did have some of his special coffee yeah <laughs> and she just took a dip in the bay so you know she's nice and clean oh oh i don't know man the 60s it's, bay it's, maybe? Oh, maybe maybe it's yeah, still right the uh, medical waste was slightly less hazardous i, I don't know man We're, you're still i mean it's a bay i'm just saying <laughs> well, he, he stripped her maybe he bathed her too Ah, uh, maybe uh, I don't know. We're getting really creepy about this. We really are. <laughs> we, we're even going to like creepy voices, you know. So <laughs> we're like, and then he took her out of the bay. <laughs> maybe he bathed her. Oh, she was nude. Because she's Kim Novak. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, she is in under continual thought. She just fell into the bay, but you know he knows she leaped. Uh. Anyway, uh, as they talk, uh, the phone rings again, and it's Alistair asking how she is. And Jimmy Stewart is on constantly trying to remind him. Now she doesn't remember any of this. You know, you 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 get that she doesn't remember. And then he hears the door close, and she is already driving away. So he's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Well, she's fleeing the scene of the crime. <laughs> the crime of loving Jim Stewart. There's no crime in that. There's no crime in that. If anything, that's commendable. As she's leaving. Uh, poor, poor, uh, poor Midge sees her leave, and uh, you can tell she might not be pleased. Oh no, she's not okay with this in no. any way, shape, or form. No. At first, she tries to throw in like a little, you know, smart ass smile while talking to herself, but you definitely tell by the end she's she ain't happy. No, she throws on a brave face for a little bit, but it's pretty obvious that she's jealous of Kim Novak, as you would be. Well, of course. I'm not even a lady, and I'm not trying to attract men, and I'm still jealous of Kim Novak. Right? <laughs> right? Uh, towards the end of that phone call, Gavin uh, tells Scotty that she is 20, uh, that Madeline is 26, and that is the same age as when Carlota killed herself. So, And I just want to point out, Jimmy Stewart is 49 in this movie. Wow. And I'm pretty sure the character he's playing is that old as well. Oh. Because these are old college buddies. Oh, yeah. And from the war and... Yeah. Shit. And the guy that's married to her is probably in his 50s. Oh, my God. Yeah. This, uh... Old enough to be their dad. Oh. Yeah, she's old, he's old enough to be her dad. Both oh, these that's gross. God damn you, Hitchcock. <laughs> not to them. No, of course not to them. Yeah. But it is to me. Let's, let's face it. If we could pull it off, it wouldn't be that gross to us either. Yeah. I, I can't. The next day, he again is following her. And after a few turns, he looks somewhat confused because they find themselves back at his place and she's slipping a note underneath uh, the door. Uh, as they talk, they decide, hey, let's just spend the day together because they're going to wander about. He's got to follow her anyway. He might as well enjoy what he's doing. Right, exactly. Uh, they check out the Myrrh Woods and while well, talking about the huge trees there, which I would love to see sometime. What, the California Redwoods? Yeah, the Redwoods. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, she she gets onto a thing about death, which is just creepy and way to bring the you know the mood down. Thanks thanks a lot. Well, yeah, they he shows don't her die. He, we he sh- die. Yeah, and he shows her the the, the rings. Yeah, and she's like, I was born here and I died here. Yeah, she somewhat has a moment in a spell in and which she's like, there's nothing. It was nothing to him. Look at this. It's nothing to him at all. Or yeah, something like that about the tree. Very much so. And I was getting to that. She's yeah. she has an episode here where it seems like Madeline leaves and someone else is there um he tries to coax it out of her about uh where does she go like in these moments where, where do you go and she doesn't know and she doesn't want to answer him and she just like she freaks out she has a paper clips moment she just wants to go to the light and they kind of rush out of there and they're by a beach she talks about visiting a place that has a high bell tower all this which kind of sounds like the mission they'd visited already and no they hadn't visited yet uh, she, but he followed her there yeah yeah, but she was Carlotta at the time. Yes, of and course. This is yeah, Madeline. Madeline having the place. Yeah, the place, and yeah. Uh, however, at this point, uh, he comforts her, and um, she says she feels like there's someone inside of her. After he comforts her, they uh, have a little bit of a makeout session on the beach. So Scotty uh, gets a note from Midge that she wants to meet with him, and uh, goes over there, and they talk a little bit, and they want to go see. She wants to go see a movie. He's like, sure, and they talk. She goes, but look at my new painting, and he goes, all right. And he checks out her new painting, and it's a painting of Coraluda with Midge's head, which was awesome. Yes, and actually, if you if you pay attention to it, actually has Midge's figure, like oh, Midge yeah. painted herself, dressed up like Carlotta, like oh, nice. the whole works, everything, and, and then uh, just, that just... Uh, that triggers Scotty, man. That uh, he he doesn't like that. No, it, it pisses him off. Yeah, You're not funny. No, he doesn't think it's funny at all because yeah. he's making fun of a condition of the woman that he's apparently falling in love with. Yes. And so he leaves half his age. Uh, he leaves, and uh, we see Midge. Um, Midge is pretty upset. That Midge she's is having up. her own paper, paper clips, clips moment. Here. She's like marking up her face in the painting, and then throws yeah. the and calls she, herself. She goes stupid, now, stupid, stupid. Yeah, now you realize, yeah, she was in love with him, and you know, she. I think she kind of took it for granted. Who in the fuck took my paper clips? Exactly. Thank you, sir. Um, thank you, officer. Um, I think it was. It's that classic thing of when he was available, and she was like, oh, "I don't want to ruin the friendship. I don't want to." No he's kind of shown interest in somebody and now she's like did I just miss my window um, later on uh, we see uh, Scotty's kind of passed out on his couch and Madeline comes over and she's crying that she had had another nightmare did he give her a key because she just lets herself in I think he just leaves his door unlocked because he's, he's Jim it's, Stewart that's that that's that era too yeah well and if you think about it right like there's worse things that could come into your apartment exactly right <laughs> other than Madeline once again to calm her down gives her a good knock of some brandy because you know it's like medicine as he says at least he didn't open hand slap her in the face yeah right and we come to our next clip it was a dream you're awake you're all right now what can you tell me it was the the tower again in the, the bell in the old spanish village yes clear so very clear for the first time all of it tell me there was a village square and a green with trees and a an old whitewashed Spanish church with a cloister. Across the green, there was a, a big gray wooden house with a porch and shutters and a balcony above. A small garden and, and next to it, a, a livery stable with old carriages lined up inside. Go on. At the end of the green, there was a, a whitewashed stone house with a lovely pepper tree at the corner. And an old wooden hotel from the old California days. And a saloon, dark, low ceilings with hanging oil lamps. Yes. It's all there. It's no dream. You've been there before. You've seen it. No, never. 
Madeline, a hundred miles south of San Francisco, there's an old Spanish mission. San Juan Batista, it's called. And it's been preserved exactly as it was a hundred years ago as a museum. Now, think hard, darling. Think hard. You've been there before. You've seen it. Oh, no, I never. I've never been there. Oh, Scotty, what is it? I've never been there. Think hard. Now, go on about your dream. What was it that frightened you so? I stood alone on the green, searching for something. And then I started to walk to the church. Then the darkness closed in, and I was alone in the dark into the darkness want to wake up oh, you're going to be all right now madeline don't you see you've given me something to work on now i'm going to take you down there to that mission this afternoon and when you see it you'll remember when you saw it before and it'll finish your dream it'll destroy it i promise you all right come on now i'll take you home oh, i'll be all right back here around noon when they actually get to the spanish mission that leads us to what will be now our next clip where are you now we're with you and it's all real it's not merely as it was a hundred years ago or a year ago or six months ago or whenever it was you were here to see it now madeline think of when you were here there were not so many carriages then there were horses in the stalls they two black and a gray it was our favorite place we were forbidden to play here Sister Teresa would scold us. Look at this. Here's your gray horse. Uh, have a little trouble getting in and out of a stall without being pushed, but even so. You see, there's an answer for everything. Madeline, try. Try for me. They sit there and they talk more and they profess their love for each other. And she states, you know, I got to go. And if I don't come back, know that I love you. And she runs away into the mission. I love the, the way you looked into my eyes as you I know. said that. I had to. Yeah, you love me. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> Would you love me? I love me so hard. I love me so hard. Uh, she runs uh, up the bell tower and Scotty gives chase only to have his vertigo hit again. And once again, we get the cool little spiral thing and everything's awesome. And he stops. She's able to get to the top, and then we see her fall to her death with a scream. Uh, or at least a mannequin. Yes, something. Yes. Well, yeah, I'm talking about the movie. In the movie. Okay, the vertigo and the staircase where they kept going back to it. Uh, was that working on you as much yes. as what it was on the other parts of the Especially street? on a staircase. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, stairs like that are like my worst enemy. Looking down the middle of a staircase like yes. that? You ever feel yourself starting to fall forward? Of course. Like, do you actually start going forward? No, I, I don't think I do. Because I'm white knuckling the banister pretty yeah. much and keeping my arm like extended like this, but yeah, like holding you back. Yeah. Do you do you find yourself looking over the railing even though you know you shouldn't? Yes, all the time. <laughs> what is it about? It's like you know it's going to happen and yet you have to keep seeking it, it, out. It, I think part of it is me trying to bravado and trying to beat the fear out of me maybe like no i'll show you who's afraid yeah fucking staircase <laughs> fucking you're, you're get better than me <laughs> <laughs> fucking staircase uh after her death we come to a hearing and that is our next clip Alistair, suspecting that all was not well with his wife's mental state took the preliminary precaution of having her watched by mr ferguson lest any harm befall her and you have heard that Mr. Alster was prepared to take his wife to an institution where her mental health would have been in the hands of qualified specialists. 
Mr. Ferguson, being an ex-detective, would have seemed the proper choice for the role of watchdog and protector. As you have learned, it was an unfortunate choice. However, I think you'll agree that no blame can be attached to the husband. His delay in putting his wife under medical care was due only to the need for information as to her behavior, which he expected to get from Mr. Ferguson. He had taken every precaution to protect his wife. He could not have anticipated that Mr. Ferguson's weakness, his uh, fear of heights, would make him powerless when he was most needed. As to Mr. Ferguson, you have heard his former superior, Detective Captain Hansen, from that great city to the north, testify as to his character and ability. Captain Hansen was most enthusiastic. The fact that once before, under similar circumstances, Mr. Ferguson allowed a police colleague to fall to his death, Captain Hansen dismissed as an unfortunate incident. Of course, Mr. Ferguson is to be congratulated on having once saved the woman's life, when in a previous fit of aberration, she threw herself into the bay. It is a pity that knowing her suicidal tendencies did not make a greater effort the second time. But we are not here to pass judgment on Mr. Ferguson's lack of initiative. He did nothing. The law has little to say on the subject of things left undone. Nor does his strange behavior after he saw the body fall have any bearing on your verdict. He did not remain at the scene of the death. He left. He claims he suffered a mental blackout and knew nothing more until he found himself back in his own apartment in San Francisco several hours later. You may accept that or not. Or you may believe that having once again allowed someone to die, he did not face the tragic result of his own weakness and ran away. That has nothing to do with your verdict. It is a matter between him and his own conscience. Now... From the evidence of the state of mind of Madeleine Elster prior to her death, from the manner of her death, and from the post-mortem examination of the body showing the actual cause of her death, you should have no difficulty in reaching your verdict, gentlemen. Uh, may retire if you wish. Well, that was harsh. I mean, that guy's a dick. Well, the judge was basically trying to point out that the guy was doing some nefarious shit. I think it's pretty obvious at that point, too. Like, uh, you know, he was he was heavily involved with the woman in a way he probably shouldn't have been. But he was asked to follow her around. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It seemed a little harsh. Anyway, Elster uh, talks to Scotty. Says that man has no right to talk to you like that, and doesn't blame him at all. And looks at him. He goes, "We both know. We are the only two who know who actually killed her." Referring to the fact that you know it was the Carlotta yeah. Valdez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, he says, you know, he's probably just going to pack everything up and move out of the country, probably to Europe or Italy or someplace, and <laughs> then that, in Europe. Yeah, yeah, Italy is in Europe. I meant to say UK or Europe or no, never mind. UK is in Europe. Yeah, UK. Yeah. Although they're Brexiting it, so maybe yes, they're maybe, on their own. Yeah, right. Um, but point is, he's leaving town, which is <laughs> a little fucked up. He's leaving the country. Uh huh. He must have known that Trump was going to be president in like 50 years. <laughs> 50 years later, get the run. fuck out now. Yeah. Get to get roots in someplace else. So if I have kids, I can, you know. <laughs> get free health care. Get free health care shit. <laughs> like everywhere else on the globe but here. Um, after uh, after all this, Scotty starts to have very terrible nightmares. Nightmares, of, you know, just that seem to be pretty horrific. They flash teal. And yeah. They, they flash like this weird orangish vomity like, flavor. Pinky color, too. Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everything's pretty psychedelic at this point. 
Yeah, I don't know if old Hitch was into the LSD or not, or if he was just tying into that time frame with the whole trippy shit. But yeah, he's been doing that since Spellbound. He actually had Salvador Dali do a hallucinatory dream sequence in Spellbound. Nice. Yeah. So he's he goes that far back with his weird hallucinatory dream sequences. Huh. Uh, anyway, uh, Scotty falls into what is almost a vegetative state at this point, and he's in a hospital or you yeah. know nursing home, something to help him out. Yeah, he gets like a fugue state going where he's just not there. Yeah. Madge is visiting him, but nothing's happening for him. You know, she's trying to play music. Um, she talks to the doctor who states, you know, this could be six months to a year. It really depends on him. But she's like, I think, you know, because he's got a guilt complex. And she goes, well, I also think he was in love with her. And then the doctor, well, that's worse. And <laughs> Well, that makes my diagnosis pointless because he'll never come out of it. And then in the end, that's... When the- a blonde woman breaks your heart, you never heal. Yeah, you never heal. And it's just the- not going to happen. In the end, as Midge walks away, that's the last time we see Mitch in the movie sadly yes sadly you don't i think midge kind of leaves midge will always be the one that got away because of that goddamn carlotta valdez yes god damn you carlotta anyway um we fast forward to the future and scotty's out and about kind of just walking the streets and uh, he seems to be at least somewhat healed and uh but then he sees her car and he flips out and he finds a woman and she explains that she bought it from her neighbor and he sold everything after he left and uh then you tell she's the gossipy one Ooh, can you tell me what happened to his wife and he's like i'm sorry i gotta go it's like goddamn lady Yeah, all she cares about is the gossip and uh-huh. trying to find out. Did she really she kill herself and throw herself in the building? Give me all the juicy details I need to know so I can put it in the sewing circle. G- yeah, right. Give me all them deets. Um, he goes to the same restaurant, the Red Walled restaurant, and he thinks he sees, sees a blonde woman. like the color of the bloody steaks they serve. He sees a blonde woman walking, thinks it's her. He's like starting to see her, then it's same not her. Yeah. yeah. And so he just sits down and has a drink and uh, and then he's walking down the street one day and he happens to see a woman who looks like Madeline despite having a different hair color and different type of clothing. Uh, he watches her go into a hotel, uh, which kind of it, what it seems like in this movie is a lot of hotels are just permanent places for people to live. Uh, yeah, I think you could rent it, you know, you could, for a lease, while. A, yeah, you could lease a room for a while. Um, you can still do that in some hotels where you can get like a suite and just stay there. Yeah, that's true. That kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it's expensive, but people do it. Yeah, if you have the money. Uh, he follows her to the building and knocks on her door. Like a fucking creeper, yeah, he stalks her. Really fucking creepy. Uh, anyway, he starts asking her questions, really probing, like, you know, how long have you lived here? All this kind of stuff. And she's like, well, I guess you don't look like Jack the Ripper. Yeah, you live around here yeah. often? <laughs> you live around here. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your room? You like to sleep here often? That door latch work? You leave that window open when you sleep by the fire escape? Can I see your keys and make an exact copy of them? <laughs> when you sleep, is it in the bed? Or yeah, that's not creepy at all. Are you wearing all your clothes when you sleep? Or Yeah. <laughs> You a heavy sleeper? Do you think that in that time frame, it actually didn't seem like it was all that creepy? Oh, she was creeped out. Yeah, but I mean... I mean, we're going to find out for different reasons, but trust me. Yeah, but still. I I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, after asking her a lot of questions about her life, she's from like Selena, Kansas, all this kind of stuff. Uh, Her name's... uh, Judy. Yeah, Judy. Jesus Christ. She uh, agrees to dinner, uh, and he says he'll pick her up. After he leaves, she has a flat 
flashback showing that she was who John thought of as Madeline. And the real Madeline was already dead and her body was thrown from the tower by Alistair in the flashback. Yeah, they reveal this now. And it's we a still, twist. Yeah, they reveal the twist now and we still have like a 40 minute left in the movie. I know. You're like, holy Jesus, what's left? What else are they going to tell us this story? She begins to start packing, but then she sits down with a note paper and she writes uh, Scotty a note in our next clip. Dearest Scotty, and so you found me. This is the moment that I dreaded and hoped for, wondering what I would say and do if I ever saw you again. I wanted so to see you again just once. Now I'll go and you can give up your search. I want you to have peace of mind. You've nothing to blame yourself for. You were the victim. I was the tool and you were the victim of Gavin Elster's plan to murder his wife. He chose me to play the part because I looked like her, dressed me up like her. He was quite safe because she lived in the country and rarely came to town. Chose you to be the witness to a suicide. Carlotta's story was part real, part invented to make you testify that Madeline wanted to kill herself. He knew of your illness. He knew you'd never get up the stairs of the tower. He planned it so well. He made no mistakes. I made the mistake. I fell in love. That wasn't part of the plan. I'm still in love with you, and I want you so to love me. If I had the nerve, I'd stay and lie, hoping that I could make you love me again, as I am for myself, and so forget the other and forget the past. But I don't know whether I have the nerve to try. Okay, so she fell in love with him, even yes. though he was falling in love with the woman he was he was pretending to be. Yes. And now she wants him to love her for who she is. Yes. Which explains why she was so readily okay with him wanting to see her. Yeah, I'm pretty night. sure if that was just some stranger's door who just happened to look like Madeline yeah. and he did that, he probably had like the cops called on him and shit like that. She then rips up the note and uh, and quit packing. She actually puts her clothes back. So it's like she decides to stay. She's going to try to win him over. Well, she's got red hair now, so I'm going to one over. <laughs> Fuck Kim Novak yep. looks good with dark hair. She rips up the and then hides the pantsuit that, uh, or the, the suit dress or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, it's the gray a, one that she... Yeah, the one that she wore all the time. Is yeah, she hid that in the back of her uh, uh, in the back of her uh, closet, and they go out to dinner. While they're eating dinner, John gets very preoccupied by a blonde woman who is dressed like Madeline walking through the restaurant. He's getting a bit obsessive here. Yes, it's getting really bad. And it's bad. Listen, if you love Jimmy Stewart, this next few parts are really hard to watch, in which I do. I love Jimmy Stewart. I love everything he's in. And this is a good movie. But these this next few scenes are really hard to watch. John walks her home and states how he wants to be able to take care of Judy. And she's like, how's that? And all that he goes, I just want to spend as much time as I can with you. Yeah. Yeah, it gets real creepy real fast. Yes. Anyway, uh, then the, the next scene, they're walking during the day, and nothing really is remarkable about this walking scene together except for the scenery. It is fucking beautiful, but once again, it's fucking Hitchcock. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, then he buys her a flower, just like one of the ones Madeline had pinned to her at one point. Yep. Then takes her in sh clothes shopping to buy um uh to buy another suit dress, the same one she already hid in her closet. Yeah. The same one, and he needed the exact one. How old school was this fucking store too where the ladies would come out modeling the clothing? Exactly. Way old school. Yeah, where they would just both sit there and yep. there's like recliners and stuff or these but, like I couches. Mean, and she's like, oh, I like the second one. He's like, no, no, no. It can't be that one. And it's obvious that she's pushing to try and get away from this weird dress up doll thing that he's doing to try and turn yeah. her back into Madeline. Back into who she was once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all fucking strange. But oh my God, it's so fucking 
fucking uncomfortable. Um, this is where the real horror of the film comes yeah, in. Yeah, really. It, it really is. Because uh, he's losing his mind. And, um, and it's weird because in this day and age, it probably isn't that weird that he was doing this stuff to make her like another woman. She And she yeah, she starts crying. He goes, it can't matter. The thing keeps saying is it can't matter that much to you. It can't matter that much to you. It just matters to me. And it's just like, dude. And then at least he has a point when she's kind of like crying at her desk and he's once again, he goes, Brandy, there. It's like medicine. Tell you three of that. Because she's like freaking out about this. And she goes, she says, you know, this is crazy. He's like, I know. You know, it's finally like he does. He has that realization. But maybe scarier is he doesn't care. No. because He knows it's nuts. He says, yes, I know it's crazy. I don't know why. But it does not. Him realizing that does not stop him from moving forward, doing more creepy shit. <laughs> and if anything, it enables him. And he just accepts the fact that he's this weirdo. Yeah. Then he says he wants to wants her to go blonde. And he goes, I just want you to cut your hair. And once again, she cries. And he goes, once again, he says those words. It can't mean that much to you. It doesn't mean that much to you it just you know like yeah. dude it's her hair color i mean he literally is trying to turn her into somebody completely different just because she bears a striking resemblance yeah. to the woman he thinks he fell in love with but judy is in love with him and she will do it yeah to have him and it makes it that much gets you man because i'm not used to seeing jimmy stewart like this <laughs> and it's getting ready to be date night and she's getting ready and they're talking about where to go to dinner and she needs help with getting a necklace on uh as he's helping her he knows notices the necklace. The necklace is the very same necklace in the portrait of Catalina. Carlotta. Carlotta. Why do we keep saying Catalina? Because <laughs> it was a caper? Probably. Um, uh, <laughs> I made a reference to an MST3K episode. <laughs> fucking dick. Now he's starting to put a lot of things together and he suggests that they go to town for dinner and at one point she's holding them. She goes, I really have you now, don't I? I really I really have you now. And he he's now putting a lot of things together with that necklace and he goes well why don't we go out of town for dinner she goes okay and they're driving and he looks at her as they're driving he goes i just have one final thing and then i'll be free of the past which is something she i believe it's something kind of reference to him and so she started to get a little uneasy Has she said something similar to that yeah. to him when, yeah. the, when they headed up to the mission the first yeah, time something along those lines and so she's starting to get uneasy uh she's like i don't really want to go out there he goes no you have to you have to be madeline just one last time for me and we can maybe both escape the past. I mean, he's got the craziest fucking eyes at this point. I was just like, I've never been scared of Jimmy Stewart before, but I'm like, okay, Jimmy, let's tone it down, buddy. Everything's going to be all right. This really had you uncomfortable, didn't it? It really did. The, the whole after he meets her. The second time with the dark hair and turns she, her into and turns her, the, the whole again. time. The minute he goes up to her room and follows all her. the way to the very end yeah. disturbs me to no end. It's a whole shitload of note buttons. It really is. Yeah. It's just so, and it's not so much because a lot of people are like, oh, is it scary? No, it's not scary, but Alfred Hitchcock didn't just do scary. He made me feel wholly uncomfortable for a whole uh, like 40 minutes of a movie. <laughs> well, and the idea behind it all too, like if you've ever been that guy that was obsessed with someone, not in love, but obsessed yeah. to the yeah. point where you thought you could not live without them. Yeah. And in your brain, you're convinced that you love them, but you have that kind of stick twisted obsession. Mm -hmm. You know where Jimmy Stewart's coming from yeah. and you feel it. And you're like, you think about all the wrong things that you did when you had that kind of obsession going on, Yeah, you know, and it 
really, really irks you that much more. Yeah. We've all been a high school boy who became obsessed with a girl. We've all been that person. Some of us grew out of it there, Scotty. (laughs) Yeah, 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 right, Scotty? Some of us grew out. Some of us are fine. Anyway, as Scotty drags Madeline all the way uh, to the, the stairs, it seems he finally breaks out of his fear. Well, he starts getting really angry with her yeah. and he goes off and starts dragging her towards the mission It's part. another one of those it's it's the new emotional moment that he needed to help break him. Uh, and this all leads us to our final clip. This was as far as I could get but you went on. Remember? The necklace, Madeline. That was a slip. I remembered the necklace. Let me go! How we're going up the tower, Madeline. Your dad's your brain! We'll see. We'll see. This is my second chance. But you knew that day that I wouldn't be able to follow you, didn't you? Who was up there when you got up there? Elster and his wife? Yes, yes, and she was the one who died. The real wife, not you. You were the copy. You were the counterfeit, weren't you? Was she dead or alive? Daddy, you... Daddy's broken her neck. He'd broken her neck. Wasn't taking any chances, was he? So when he got up there, he pushed her off the tower. But it was you that screamed. Why did you scream? I wanted to stop it, Scotty. I ran up to stop it. I... You wanted to stop it. Why did you scream? Since you tricked me so well up to then, you played the wife very well, Judy. He made you over, didn't he? He made you over just like I made you over. Only better. Not only the clothes and the hair, but the looks and the manner and the words. And those beautiful phony trances. And you jumped into the bay, didn't you? I'll bet you're a wonderful swimmer, aren't you? Aren't you? Aren't you? And then what did he do? Did he train you? Did he rehearse you? Did he tell you exactly what to do, what to say? You were a very apt pupil, too, weren't you? You were a very apt pupil. Why did you pick on me? Why me? I was the setup, wasn't I? I was the setup. I was a made to order witness. I was... I made it. I made it. We're going up and look at the scene of the crime. Come on, Judy. This is where it happened. The two of you hid back there and waited for it to clear, and then you sneaked down and drove into town. Is that it? And then you were his girl, huh? Oh, what happened to you? happened to you? Did he ditch you? Oh, and Judy, with all of his wife's money and all that freedom and that power, and he ditched you. What a shame. And he knew it was safe. He knew you couldn't talk. Did he give you anything? Yes, the money. And the necklace. Carlotta's necklace. There was where you made your mistake, Judy. You shouldn't keep souvenirs of a killing. You shouldn't have been, you shouldn't have been that sentimental. Right before that, they profess their love for one another still. Yeah, he still loves her. He still loves her, and she says she loves him. And then a shadowy figure appears in the uh, background, stating they heard noises. And she freaks upon seeing this figure and goes, no, takes a step back, and she falls to her death. Well, the figure that comes up out of the staircase is like all black. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all just, black. And it's, like it's a very deep voice. Outline shape yeah. I heard noises. noises. And then he come up and it's just an old nun lady. And she. Hey, sweetheart, I just had a cigarette downstairs. She, I heard voices. <laughs> pretty much, right? And then she, rings, she rings the bell for an emergency as Scotty looks down from the ledge at his beloved dead on the ground again, the same way as she, quote unquote, died the first time and credits he's also accused of being a serial killer at this point. pretty much has to be 
All right. So for the actual, we kind of talked about it and I don't know exactly how to handle the nope stuff that we're going to do. Yeah. We kind of hinted at it. So I think this is kind of the way we'll go about it from here. Yeah. The parts that are supposed to be the actual trigger for your, your yes. fear of heights, it hit you the it whole hit time. Me, it did perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Not for me so much, but it does simulate that feeling that you get when you're looking out on the ledge and you get that. Well, yeah. Like, uh, really my well. vision didn't spin while watching it. I, yeah. I'm with you. As in, yeah. it didn't make me feel vertigo. Yeah. But it made me remember exactly what my vertigo feels like because it's done so well. Yeah. It really does. It really maps out that. what my vertigo is like yeah. when, I, when I get it when I'm in a, a high place. I think it does that really, really well. And I think they plotted that out really well. And you get the feeling when you see the premieres for the film that it's constantly him dealing with the fear of heights and all of these problems. Yes. Yeah. And for me, it's not so much the heights, it's the wits with the heights. <laughs> if I'm on like narrow planks and it looks like I'm going to fall through with like, you know, huge yeah. amounts of holes or yeah. anything like that, then then I get more nervous. But if I'm in like an enclosed box and I'm in the air, it's not so bad. If Vegas really challenged us because number one, we went for drinks at the Sky Lounge, which is at the top of uh, one of the hotels there. The very 60 top. Floors the 60 floors up. Yeah, 63? 60 floors, 63? 63. I think. And yeah. when you start going up in the elevator, it's a glass elevator. And at first there, you can't see anything because you're kind of in ground. Yeah. But then you shoot up into the sky you start going up and you're like I mean this is where it ends like for some reason this elevator becomes unhinged and that's it I'm dead I've seen superhero movies I know what happens I know next I know what the fuck's and then not to mention and it's not like you and I are a Lois Lane yeah right <laughs> or yeah. anybody that's gonna get Superman saved Superman ain't catching us you <laughs> <laughs> would be like well sorry guys we don't have that Mary Jane thing going no, on no exactly we're not hot ladies no we are there's not there's no saving us <laughs> uh, not to mention that this hotel is like in conjunction with Mandalay Bay so then you're kind of sitting there staring at the Mandalay Bay. And we went like the week after the, the shooting. The week after the shooting. Literally so the weekend after. Yeah. You're sitting there staring at that while you're up there. And by the way, it's a beautiful view. It's amazing, yeah. And you go outside and believe it or not, even outside the deck, I didn't have a problem because they have glass walls that go up really high because they're like, no one's jumping and killing themselves off our hotel. It would take a lot to be able to do that. Yeah. But so you feel safe enough. It's actually was just the elevator that bothered me the most. Yeah. Well, and we were on the 20th floor at the hotel that you and yeah. I and our wives stayed And I was at. lucky. I was only on the second. Yeah. So I didn't have to deal with so much of that. And I would go up to the 20th floor yeah. looking out the glass elevator and force myself to look down uh -huh. at the ground. I did that a lot. Yeah. And then it culminated with, oh, what, what was that fucking ride? The fucking the, high roller. Yeah, the high roller. anybody doesn't know, yeah. think of like a mega super duper Ferris wheel. Humongous Ferris wheel. The humongous, like that, what you step into is an actual pod and you're in there with other people and you're, it's all enclosed. There's no yeah. rocking or anything. Luckily, we got one of the pods with a full bar. Uh, well, it wasn't bar. luckily. Our wives. Y yeah, yeah, they knew. They knew. They set this up. And I, I didn't want to ruin it. Like, uh, I didn't want to fucking just like sit there with my hand in my head, my head, my head in my hands the whole time. Yeah. Not luck because you're kind of wasting it, you know? So yeah. you get up there and they really, they start a timer and I have never thought 30 minutes of an open bar would ever go that slow for me. <laughs> but it felt like an eternity. And with an open bar, it, usually, if you tell me, Matt, 
that 30 minutes open for an open bar, that's going to feel like it goes away in like 10 minutes. Like, or 10 like, seconds. 10 seconds. Yeah. This felt like it took a year, like, like a calendar <laughs> year. And the, the worst, it, it was cool views. I forced myself to like stand up and I would look out and see yeah. everything and be like, oh, that's pretty cool. But then I would always find the seat and then just kind of look down again. Like, okay. At the ground inside the pod. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Ground inside the pod. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I got vertigo. Vertigo. When you look down, everything starts to spin for me. Yeah. And it is fucked. <laughs> and then the worst is when you're coming to the top of the high roller, your pod has to shift so everything stays level. Right. And when you feel that happening, you're just like... <gasps> See, I was Fuck. nowhere near as bad as what you were. It was, yeah. it was pretty bad. It was bad on my me. head. I wasn't like out. Then again, you know, I medicated a bit before we went up there. <laughs> so it helped. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. I All sat- perfectly legal in Vegas, by I, the way. I, yeah. How many marijuanas were you injecting? I was probably... I was probably at least 15 marijuana <laughs> in at this point. You're so gay now. <laughs> it totally turned you into a homosexual. <laughs> is that what the marijuanas do? After 15, you go back around to being straight again. I believe I believe that's what our president believes. <laughs> or at least Jeff Sessions, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, the whole time that we were on the high roller thing, I actually sat on the corner and looked straight out and yes. watched the horizon kind of go away and then looked out over top of the buildings and that's everything. That's smart, too. And I was totally fine. There was a few times when I would look down Ooh. and I would look down and I would see like the ground or I would see the pod below us because it was just at the right angle. Yeah. And then I would start getting the vertigo a little yeah. bit and Ooh. I would be like, oh gosh. But yeah. then I would just look straight out again and I'd be fine, uh, you know? And yeah. I just, I just stared out the whole time. Like I've pers- I was really confronting my fears and my wife was yeah. like, are you okay? I'm like, are you kidding? This is awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, it was great. I would stand up and Erica, we kept, my wife kept looking at me and she kept going, are, are you feeling all right? I go, it's an an awesome view and I'm actually having the time of my life. Yeah, it was really I cool. just need a few moments where I can sit down, look at the floor of the pod yeah. and kind of forget for a little bit. But I made sure every kind of, I kept also an eye on the video screen which showed where you were at in the progression Yeah, and made sure every kind of like major what would be stop, I got up and looked. Yeah. Because I really wanted to enjoy yeah. that whole, the, the experience. Yeah. And I did. For less of a spot, I, I did enjoy myself. But my wife asked me, she goes, if, when we come back, will you ever do that again? I go, not on your fucking life. Get, an- <laughs> get another fucking husband because I'm not doing it. I would go. I would, you would go again. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I would, go again. I would go. I would. I've, I've watched it. I would go to the Sky Lounge again. Yeah, but I would not do that. The, I, I, and also, I, I wouldn't go back to the Sky Lounge because they overcharged us for everything. Oh well, yeah. Every, well, that's Vegas, man. I mean, yeah. you're gonna get overcharged for everything unless you're gambling, <laughs> pretty much. I, but um, as I found out when I was at the craps table, and I was like, some lady came around just giving me beer constantly, and I'm like, well, that nothing wrong with that as long as I tipped her a dollar. <laughs> everything went well. Um. No, I, I won't ever do, and, and not just for anything else, but I actually felt it was a little boring at some point. Like 30 <laughs> minutes is a bit much to be trapped in a small room, especially I can't count on the people I'm going to be in that room with, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't just us yeah. and our friends in that room. It was other people. Now, luckily we had cool other people. I saw some real jerk offs getting off those things yeah. uh, before we got on where I would have been like, if we were out there with, them, I would be like, you are fucking annoyed and I'm trapped in a little pod for and, 30 fucking minutes. And that's coming from Matt Psyop, yeah, folks, yeah, so you yeah. know they have to be annoying. <laughs> yeah, you know it has to be bad. On our honeymoon in 
uh, Niagara Falls, the wife and I did one that was uh, one of those giant fucking Ferris wheels like that. Yeah. But it was a smaller pod and it was like, would fit four people to on each side of a bench. Uh-huh. And the whole thing moved constantly. Oh. It would rock back and forth. How was that? Uh, we got stopped at the very top and the thing would not stop rocking. I almost fucking tossed cookies. Oh, God, Jesus. And sitting on that thing, like freaking out in that thing at that, because it's really high up there. Like it's like, you know, ridiculously yeah. high. It's at least as tall as the one that was uh, in Vegas. Yeah. Only it's this little tiny fucking pod that oh, moves constantly. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I saw that thing, I'm like, Bev, I, I, I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm yeah, like, ever again. Fine. Yeah. No. And I, I, when we went to Vegas, I'm like, find somebody else. I'm not going on that. Yeah. That's not happening. I'm not going on there. And then I saw that it was like perfectly stable when we were walking up to it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I, I figured we'd be fine. It was only getting to the tippy top because that's when the pod starts having to move. Yeah. Uh, that I got a little like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Make sure everything <laughs> works. Make sure everything works. You know? Yeah. It's weird because when you do have those kinds of fears, you don't want them to get the better of you and it bugs you. Yeah. And even though you can't help it, I'm I'm the same way. The thing for me would be climbing up one of those towers with the open stairs like that would also would probably be a whole bunch of nope. Yeah. But like the, I don't know, I went to a like an observation tower uh, out camping with my wife and I was walking up those stairs and they were like the corrugated like hold steel and they were like super flexy because the whole tower had to move uh-huh and so the tower is moving back and forth in the wind with these oh. flexi stairs that are bending every time i step oh, on God. them making Fuck me you man <laughs> making me think i'm gonna fall Yeah, what are you doing to your life <laughs> i got up pretty far and yeah. i looked down like that through the holes in the stairs uh-huh. and looking at the staircase bending and my legs just stopped and i'm like nope <laughs> oh man yeah nope I, I end up doing this thing where i'm like you yeah, go ahead sweetie you make it all the way to the top of the tower i'll i'll be down on the ground waiting for you i love you and i support you but i wouldn't be supporting you from the ground yeah i don't feel so bad because me just describing it to you and you picturing it you got the whole bunch of nope that yeah, i, I didn't know no i wouldn't <laughs> fuck you i wouldn't even do it now picture it's a lighthouse and you're on the spiral staircases that are in like a like a pizza slice shape where it goes you know smaller in the middle yeah towards the pole and then there's same vented things and you got to go all the way up the top oh. up a huge lighthouse like oh that. my god <laughs> that one i was able to do because it wasn't swaying and it wasn't so bad oh. <laughs> oh, i feel kind of sick <laughs> there's another one too we were on a we went we went to this uh we were in pella iowa uh-huh. which is like it's fucking mayberry in the middle of iowa is what pella uh, is yeah okay it's a gorgeous little fucking town they have a windmill because it's um it was like a dutch settlement and they want to honor their heritage as uh, being settled by the dutch out in the middle of iowa uh-huh. they have a fully functional old school windmill mill yeah and we were at the top of the windmill um looking at all the the like where they would drop the grain down and do all this stuff with the windmill and where the gears are interlocking and all that stuff and then they take you out on a ledge where they adjust the sails for the windmill and it's like these boards that have um i would it felt like like four inches between boards like where you could look down and it was like these fucking like little like two by four boards and then they would have support beams at like every i don't know five <laughs> foot like, almost <laughs> it felt it's not that bad it was probably a lot more solid than what i'm saying but like you stepped out on those boards and you could feel the boards were kind of warping under your feet or at least i could in my yeah. head and i'm looking down and every step i take i'm stepping between the boards and it feels like my foot's gonna go in between one of these two boards oh no 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 yeah see fuck you <laughs> and i'm and we're like 
three stories up. This is a huge goddamn windmill. Yeah. It's huge. Well, yeah, it's a fucking windmill. <laughs> like 150 plus feet or more up in the air. I don't know how tall. It was. It felt like it was huge. And I'm looking down through these slats taking steps and my brain goes, nope, yeah. nope, nope. <laughs> I was fine if I stayed on the boards that were the support beams, like where yeah. the seams were. Uh-huh. If I was walking on those, I was okay. Yeah. And then I just stayed towards the middle. <laughs> <laughs> where there was like all the boards were more solid. Oh man! <laughs> so you're just talking about it. You're yeah. getting fucking green around uh, the gills. Oh, just yeah, I can't handle that <laughs> shit, man. I know. <laughs> and, and I'm talking to you about just stuff that I was like, no, nope, if nope. if that if that like uh, the that high roller thing we went on, if it didn't have like windows and like no, it's an open air experience, I would have said no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I hope everyone has fun. That was a major point of contention for my wife was whether I would do the high roller. Oh really? Uh, because everyone to do it and everyone was on board with it <laughs> except for me but i was keeping it quiet yeah, but you were keeping it quiet or at least <laughs> i didn't hear about it well and then after i heard that you were gonna do it i'm like well if, uh, he's a fucking bigger <laughs> he has a bigger fear of heights than me uh, so if he's doing it i, I gotta think, do it i think another one of our friends had somewhat of a problem as well yeah he has a fear of heights he, he has too, a yeah. fear of heights too and I, once again i don't think it's bad as mine but he also had to have a few marijuanas <laughs> and then <laughs> To, just to settle it down for for that, there was much consumption of marijuana. There was a lot of marijuana happening. And, yeah, and it wasn't just in our crew. No, no, it wasn't. There's a lot of. I mean, that line waiting for it is pretty much just like watching people take advantage of legalization in Vegas. <laughs> just you're just watching people taking out vape pens and just going to town on them. <laughs> <laughs> you just you, you, if anybody if any of our listeners ever get a chance to go to Vegas and you stand in line for the high roller you'll be able to know who has the fear of heights because you can see like instant vape pens just coming out and people just hit that shit <laughs> hoping just to calm their fucking selves down that's funny yeah but um, I think uh, a lot of that kind of stuff you if you do work at it you can kind of overcome it because I used to be a lot worse than I was when I was a kid I had absolutely no fear of anything neither did I no heights no anything i didn't either it wasn't until like i realized i could die that this stuff started affecting me and, and i'll tell you what i and then kind of when i got to be a senior i had a bit more of fear heights but i could still go on almost any ride do anything i didn't it, it did the fear didn't like lock me up it wasn't until i had a family and then it's like wow people depend on me for their livelihood <laughs> and if i'm dead i'm not able to give that to them yeah and that makes the fear go up and but the worst it, part of it is that you realize it's an irrational fear with yes. a lot of this stuff. Oh, too. it is so irrational. Yeah. I know. It, that's why it's a phobia. That's why and, and my wife was like, well, I would really like you to do the high roller. And I go, oh, yeah, I'm completely in for the high roller. She goes, oh, you are? I was so worried. I go, no, don't worry about it. She goes, great. She goes, skipping off and inside my brain. My brain's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> It's like my balls took control for a little bit. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Hey, we're just, we're manning up. No, but uh, I can't even handle like if my wife or son go on a Ferris wheel, I can't handle watching them. And I won't, <laughs> I won't watch them do it. I, depending upon the Ferris wheel, I can do a Ferris wheel. No problem. But, I can't like, do the really, wheel. really tall ones. Like yeah. I can't do. I will never do a Ferris wheel again. Probably. In my life. Really? Problem. Yeah. Like I said, the, being enclosed is the only way I was able to do that. Yeah. High roller. Yeah. It's because it was enclosed. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's not as bad. Yeah. But if there's any open air there, I no, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. I obviously couldn't have done it. Stepping off onto the platform probably had to be the biggest fear for you where even though there was a net below where we were yes. at. Yes, when it was moving and you have to leap onto it or leap, leap off, off of it. it. Yeah, onto Both. the platform. And then you got to run to the edge of the platform and hit the staircase to get you out of there. And yeah. then you're just, there's just rails on either the, side. And maybe leaping off wasn't so bad. Yeah. It was when it was time to leap on, like, go, go, go. And you're trying to leap on and other people are like taking their time trying to get on. You're like, get on, get old. Like, yo, Biddy, get out of there. <laughs> Can't take your fucking time. We're all going to die here. We're all going to die. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have yelled that. (laughs) (laughs) No, especially when you're in one of those kind of spaces with people. I'm on a list. (laughs) (laughs) You're not allowed back on the high roller on purpose. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. This is why I came up with a month, because we have to deal with this stuff. We have to deal with that. Wish we could have done this, like, can we spend a month in Vegas where the marijuana's illegal again? (laughs) We got to talk about this shit? No. Um, No, fine. You got to do it on your own. God damn it. I don't want to be clean. Okay, so I think that pretty much wraps up uh, everything, unless you got anything else you want to say about the film? Uh, just that I thought it was a well-done film. Yeah. Um, I read I read like what you were saying, that it was at the time, it wasn't really critically it was, acclaimed. Yeah, it was, it was like his biggest failure, but I yeah. think overall it is an but excellent film. over time, it, time, time did it justice, and, and I'm happy for that, because I, I believe it's a great film. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. It yeah. was the first time I ever seen it. Hitchcock so. is like pizza, even when his films are bad, quote-unquote bad they're still fucking good yeah right yeah they're still better than a lot of things that come before and or after them exactly yeah it's totally great stuff um and i really enjoyed vertigo as well there's a few parts in the love story drag for me and i really lost interest in the love story part probably didn't need to be two hours long well i mean that's just the way it was back then yeah i'm just saying you you, could have gotten the same story on the same stuff done in probably about an hour and 40 max yes hour (laughs) and 40 max is definitely it we could have done a lot of the a lot less of the little love stories. But the thing that redeems it and the thing that keeps you from really getting that bored with it Mm -hmm. is all of the beautiful cinematography. And the music. The music, the cinematography, every aspect of it worked. Yeah. Uh, For anything that you felt like, well, this is filler. But you had all this beautiful scenery and this beautiful music to listen to that you didn't, you weren't bothered by it. All right. So we have not done this in for fucking ever, but we're Mm -hmm. doing it tonight, folks. We're going to take a little break. Uh We're going to play a promo for another podcast yeah. and have a little bit of music when oh. we come back we're gonna do some psyop news holy shit this is not a test this is the psychosemantic podcast announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the u.s government weapons of class four and lower have been authorized for use during the purge all other weapons are restricted government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge a few days ago, I called the news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy of the people. We have Ben Jacobs. That's the guardian nominees during election years and it approved all but one. 
so just to, just to put a button on this, are you ruling it out 100%? Yeah. Are you crazy? Is that your problem? Politics, movies, political movies. The Psychosemantic Podcast, better known as the Psychosemantic Cast. He did what we all must learn to do. You and you and you and you. bit of that beautiful music i know i love that for yeah made sure that i included that for you yes yeah a little bit of bernard herman score you can never go wrong with playing bernard herman score no (laughs) the only thing that you can go wrong is to stop it for some by our very own court psyop that asshole yeah what a dick it's a thing it is a thing thank, thank you. you thank you new male sex robots with bionic penises may Gorgeous. replace men as ultimate boyfriends crime scene sex i'm into that well wow wouldn't be step aside men you're about to be replaced apparently Neo nazis are pretty good people wow matt really oh my god i can't <laughs> believe you said that you son of a bitch now you're gonna just cut it to say what you want <laughs> that's what you said i did not say that that's exactly how it was in the show really yeah which show <laughs> that's a show where we were actually talking about trump and you were quoting trump oh motherfucker yeah and you cut that out? are pretty good people of oh, course fuck. i took that <laughs> I'm not volunteering for the blood gum. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Maybe. We'll go back to the story there. All right. Apparently, males have a new competitor for satisfying a woman in they every sense of the word. on my face. Also, it's you. Due, <laughs> due to recent technological advances, robots may actually take over the role in the bedroom. Gotta yes. love a girl who can take a punch. Jesus Christ. Uh, companies like Realdoll are going to be making male sex dolls with batteries in them that can be charged to go for as long as they're needed for. Countdown to Bukaki. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. At least he's giving us a countdown. Yeah, excellent. Thanks for the countdown. I'm glad to time that. However, making a male sex robot might be a bit more challenging than making a female sex robot. I'm homosexual. Damn okay. it. What does that have the, to do with sex, the male sex doll will need to come up with some tricks that female robots don't need. Listen, man, some of these guys just might be into fisting cows. The robots? It might be. Why would they get programmed I, to do know. that? You never know. You never know. Therefore, don't judge them. Therefore, their creators made sure that the sex dolls are able to respond to verbal dialogue in order to make the experience feel much more real for a woman. I got a terror, and the only solution (laughs) is cock! (laughs) 
<laughs> Furthermore, the robot male sex dolls are going to come in all shapes and sizes. Safe sex with a dead thing. Uh, uh, well, that fits for something besides corpse. Yeah, right? Yeah. They will be designed as the ultimate boyfriends, meaning they will have a backstory and you will have the opportunity to engage in conversation with them. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. Maybe. Can you imagine no more tricky men into going out? You will be able to do whatever you want with these dolls. But you have to lug them around, won't you? You to do a little ass play? <laughs> they probably will. I mean, if they're into it. Afraid of vaginas? Oh, well. I, I doubt a robot could be afraid of a vagina. It's micro penis time with humongous balls. <laughs> Who build a sex robot like that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you fuck them for the story? As soon as technology reaches to the point where it's possible, Ooh, they're even going to be able to carry their human lover rectum. around like a real man would. Ooh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? Oh, ouch. According to experts, women will pay as much money for a male sex robot as the companies ask for. And since a lot of women dicks. buy sex toys, and this is just taking that concept to the next level. Anytime you're with Tom Atkins, you come. <laughs> so they're all Tom Atkins. And they're bots. all going to be Tom Atkins bots. Yeah. By 2030, a sex robot is expected to become the norm, and it won't end there. In fact, by 2050, having a robot sex toy will become so normal that even poor people will be able to afford one. Covered in cum blood. Ooh. Oh, God. God, <laughs> Jesus. What did I say that? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yikes. Covered in cum blood. Yeah. That, was, that just sounds harsh. Neo-Nazis are pretty good people. Oh. <laughs> That's the worst one, though. <laughs> I can see you doing whatever I ask to get that retired fast. <laughs> I know, right? Like, That's not good. <laughs> Anytime you're with Tom Atkins, you come. Let it, let it be known. On my face. Anybody guesting on this show, don't quote Trump. <laughs> Yeah, it might come back to haunt you. It might you. come back to haunt you. Even though they're calling this ultimate pleasure experience, it still makes you wonder, where are we headed? I think that's going in the spank bank. Some people think it will be hard to get used to the idea since these are objects without feelings, my Lord flesh, and blood. In addition, anti-sex robot campaigners argue that sex robots will make us think about sex as a commodity. So what do you think? Are Listen, these, I can fuck any uh, face, but go. goddamn the smell, my friend. You can't turn off the nose. You cannot. <laughs> you better clean that shit out. But Maybe yeah, so sex bots by 2030, man. It's going to be some normal shit. It's already normal around the lab. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's just sex. Robots having sex with each other. Will you play with this razor blade while I just sit over here? No. I I'm volunteer for the Marilyn Monroe dress. <laughs> you, do, you do? I'm not volunteering for the blood cum. <laughs> you know, okay. So you'll wear the dress, but not the blood cum. Blood jizz. Blood jizz. Thank you. Covered in cum blood. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what's coming next, right? Uh, <laughs> I've had seven dicks inside of me. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that one's not so bad. Huh? That, that one's not so bad anymore. I'm taking another dick. <laughs> not for nothing, but if I want a hand job, I'll do it myself, all right? Listen, what, I'm taking another dick. I mean, I'll, Listen, I'll stand by that, that, you know, the hand job one. That's Listen, just fact. Neo Nazis are pretty good people. Listen, mm. neo-Nazis are pretty good people. That's <laughs> gross, I've man. had seven oh. dicks inside of me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so what you're saying is, this is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> that is correct, sir. That is correct. <laughs> I finally found the quote oh. that I could use to make you shut up. Oh, God, that is just bad. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, that's the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about having seven dicks? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and with that, we're going to take another break. <laughs> we'll play a promo for another podcast. And when we come back, we will close out this fucking show. Are you sick of the same old stale podcast? Well, then join Vanessa and David as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on iTunes, and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VDClinicPod or email them at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. And still, they just might be contagious. Get information or a pamphlet at most pharmacies or a health clinic. If you need help, see a folks that's going to close out the first edition of november or our very first episode in november for this month that clips my november (laughs) (laughs) that clip is triggering mad hardcore god that is terrible (laughs) the color that drained from your face oh you were the right shade of white for those (laughs) neo-nazis you just look so horrifying when i played that oh my god that is just (laughs) disgusting (laughs) anybody that knows the show know that that's not you saying that yeah, for real yeah. which makes it that much worse <laughs> oh. you probably already know this but tell your friends that we can be found on legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops that is our home we are here to stay it is king garbage people time over in Legion yeah. Podcast. we're doing all right folks we're we're holding solid and fearless leader is now a friend of the show so yes we we've done well although after that clip i'm not entirely sure what <laughs> happens now <laughs> we'll see what happens yeah you can join our facebook group which is cinema psyops you can find us by searching the groups in facebook for cinema psyops post your alternative photography of matt and court also sorts of things going on as we hang out getting drunk with Jimmy Stewart. In our vertigos. Yeah. We're going to hang out with Jimmy Stewart as soon as we're done recording this episode and have a blast, folks. Jimmy, pour me a shot! Shut up, you asshole. Oh, you fucking lanky bitch. Alright. Just lay off Jimmy Stewart. The man's a national treasure. <laughs> well, he's fucking hammered. And he's a little creepy. <laughs> and but I think he's, he's starting to stalk awesome. your wife. Do you want to email feedback to Matt and let him know that it's not cool what he just said in the clips that Court made him say? <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> that Court made him say Matt at gmail.com you can email feedback to court and tell him it's totally not cool he keeps playing that clip of Matt cinema psyops court at gmail
gmail.com. <laughs> you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats of your Carlotta Valdez's. <laughs> you can reach me at court underscore psyop. You can reach Matt at psyop Matt. And if you're having trouble finding him, check him out in the local San Francisco Bay where he may be trying to take a bath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am. Jimmy, will you jump in and save me? No, I'm not going to save you, you asshole. Hey. All right, all right just let, we got to close out the show Put here, folks. Court's phone. I swear he's trying to get your address out of there. <laughs> here he knows where I live. He's been here before. Oof. Yeah, it's creepy. I yeah, know. I know, right? All right, folks, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. It's not the only thing being healed up, if you know what I mean. Or being trussed up by a girdle. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> how do you think sex works? <laughs> I can tell you how my sex works. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be better if I just show you. <laughs> and that's the end of this podcast. Thanks, everybody. Good night. <laughs> it's the end of Cinema PsyOps. <laughs> All for all time? All time. That's how we reach the end. I don't a little, see that. A little light sexual harassment, <laughs> and it's all over with? Are you, Kevin Spacey? Oh. <laughs> not soon enough. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> You're not exactly a young boy in this scenario. <laughs> right. You're, like, older I'm, than me, dude. I'm not younger, I am not talented, and I'm not an actor, so... And also not attractive. Yeah, well, that too. And I hold no power over your life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thing. None of this works. This adds up. So I guess you're just like Travolta wearing a gym. <laughs> hey, big boy. <laughs> I could use a rub down. Hey, hey, how about you spot me and then you give me a rub down? <laughs> right, back to the notes. <laughs> it's so weird. It's the kind It's the kind Back to the fucking notes, goddammit. <laughs> he puts a little brandy in the coffee or he oh. gives her a little brandy yeah. in all these moments. I mean, yeah. puts it maybe in a pudding cup. Who knows? Who knows what's going on right now? You just want to make the Cosby jokes, don't you? Yeah, I kind of do. Because I looked at you cross-eyed when you started doing the whole freaking Kevin Spacey <laughs> shit earlier. <laughs> oh, man. That was a good one. Anyway, I... Uh, <laughs> sure it was. It was. It was really well... It was tasteful. It will never be heard. Oh, God damn it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> do your fucking notes and maybe I'm, I'll leave it in. I'm getting there. I'm yeah. getting there. Yeah. All right. Up. Anyway. Shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've got shit to do. Fuck. Yeah, you really do. Actually, you're quite busy. <laughs> Where does she go, like, in these moments? Where where do you go? And she doesn't know. And so he's all like, where do you come from? Where do you go? Yeah. Where do you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Where, 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 where are you going? Where are you coming from? Worst detective ever. Where, where, where are you, you interrogating go? people? <laughs> I just ruined the illusion that we actually had Jimmy Stewart in the studio. I know, right? Way to go. Yeah, I know. People believed it for a while. <laughs> sure they did. <laughs> um, Let's see here. I can't help it, man. We talk about anything with Jimmy Stewart. I know. You're going to throw it in there. Because you know if you could even do a halfway decent one, you would be doing it constantly. Oh, I would. That would be your whole review. Yeah, that would. <laughs> and I'd almost let it go. <laughs> if it was halfway decent. She says she feels like there's someone inside of her. Person. Oh, that's just me. <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, let me move my hand. I, I should I should probably be invited before I do oh. such a thing. Oh no, let me move my hand. Maybe Stuart is atrocious. <laughs> I know, right? Oh god. <laughs> I'm sorry, Madeline. Let me move my hand there. I thought it was between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure any lady will find it rather comforting to make out with good old Jimmy Stewart. She's married, Jimmy. I, see, I'm, I'm Jimmy Stewart. Don't you don't you question me, you little shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. The hell? God, Jimmy Stewart's such a dick. Now listen here. Hey! <laughs> Sell it down over there. And now she's like... Did I just miss my window? It's like the scholar Cinderella once said. Mm -hmm. Don't know what she got until it's gone. I, 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 I don't know what it is. He's such a terrible singer. Really I don't is. know how they I had a know. career. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing my absolute worst, a, and I sound fucking, just like him. It was the fucking 80s, man, and you wouldn't believe the amount of people who got careers back then. No, I would. I lived through it. I, I, I was there. there I again, saw we it. also lived through the mid to late 90s series of pop that came out, so you would believe the which kind was, of careers people had. so much worse. Yes. <laughs> Listen, if Kid Rock could have a career, <laughs> so could Cinderella. That was a good song, but that guy yeah. had throat notes the size of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Throw notes that made Red Brown screaming seem tolerable. <laughs> That's a callback to the Deuce episode, folks. Kaboom. At least he didn't open hand slap her in the face. Yeah, right? Oh. Of course you can slap a woman in the face. I mean, she has a face, right? <laughs> Jimmy Stewart would never do that. No, he would never do that. <laughs> he wouldn't even shake him to try and bring him out of it. Last person had a problem with the staircase like me was a Dalek. I'm telling you right now. A Dalek? A Dalek. <laughs> Footage. Footage. <laughs> Knocks on the door and she oh, yeah, answers. You gotta understand it. And then, then that day it was it was romantic. No, no, you, you, that, just, you follow a girl to her hotel and uh, yeah, you just, Jimmy, that that was creepy. No, it's romantic. It, it wasn't romantic back then. It wasn't anything, Jimmy. Just you, you creeped a little bit. All right, it's fine. It's fine. You were having a tough day. Listen, you you, you find a, a, a a beautiful girl on on the street and you just you, you follow her back to where she lives. No, you and, don't and, you don't do that, Jimmy. You don't. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with that, Jimmy. It's all about your intentions, you see. No, God damn it, Jimmy. You your intentions don't matter. You're being a creeper. No, you just you just follow him. Stop it, man. Just, Come on. You just follow him. It's okay. You're ruining everything. Oh, can you get control of him, please? Mr. Mr. Stewart, I, I apologize for Matt's bellicosity. What? God damn. Don't give him an out just because he's Jimmy Stewart. He's stalking people and he thinks it's romantic. Listen here. You want some more of me, I pal? Motherfucker, I will take you out. Fucking punch Jimmy Stewart in his stupid face. I'm right here with my stupid face. Anytime <laughs> you're ready, pal. You you bring it. I'll take you down to Chinatown. I will murder Jimmy Stewart if he doesn't stop it right now. L listen, Court, you're you're an okay fellow, but this this mad guy's an asshole. Court, I swear to God, muzzle him. All right, we're never gonna get this review done if his goddamn stalking ass doesn't stop interrupting. It's, it's not stalking. You just you follow a girl home. You're stalking her. That is what that is. No, it's it's not stalking. It's just you follow a lady home. And you, look, just the movie will show you what's good about it. Just oh. just go ahead and do the review. No, really, really, you think that's gonna help you? Yeah, that's gonna save you. No, no, the the, the oh, movie's you're... gonna show you everything's fine. Oh, okay, okay, it works yeah, yeah. out just fine oh, for oh, me yeah, there. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Uh, this yeah, is gonna just, be great. This is gonna be great. Just talk about the, the I, I, what I, happens oh, in the oh, film. I will, I will. I will, sir. You you just do the review. Shut you. your goddamn mouth. Right, you anyway. know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go way outside the lab here, and when we're done, I'm gonna I'm gonna show this Matt Syop what it's all about. So that's what's gonna happen. You here. wait out there, you bitch. All right. God damn, guy rubs me the wrong way. Love him too. <laughs> Only you can pick a fight with Jimmy Stewart. I'm sorry. He's being really weird, though. Like, really oddly aggressive. <laughs> 
You just bring that out of everybody. Uh, he's being oddly weird about it. It's like the time the Dalai Lama punched you in the mouth. He probably had like the cops called on him and shit like that. In which Jimmy Stewart shut anyway. Anyway. Listen here, you little son of a bitch. Fuck you, asshole. I what? swear to God. I've had enough of this shit. I don't give a goddamn what you've had enough of. Hard, you, you shut him the hell up. And just darker hair in general is yeah. better. Yeah, 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 yeah. The darker the better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's, right. what's the old line? The darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. <laughs> Creepy. All right, all right, we're getting creepy. Jim Stewart, you can get back into this on this. Uh, now, now you're talking, fellas. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Let's let's sit down and talk about how how sweet the the, the berries are juicing. Yeah, are. yeah uh, man, yeah. it's juicy, man. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, you're kind of creeping me out a little bit. <laughs> oh, am I? Yeah. Maintain eye contact, Jim Stewart. The, Maintain the, it. This is awkward. I love it. I don't I don't like this one bit. Well, then get the fuck out. I'm finished anyway. Back in my day, we just said that this was too fellas helping each other out <laughs> just that's all i'm saying <laughs> you're not so bad jim stewart you're an okay guy in my book so why don't, why don't we just go find some women we'll, we'll follow them back to where they live no and, god damn it we can't do that you know, no if you go back to my time it's okay we'll just we'll go back to where i'm from and, i don't want to do that <laughs> how do you meet women then <laughs> Honestly, you, you go up. Maybe you offer to buy him a drink. You talk to him. You get to know them. It's so much easier just to follow him around. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jimmy. Oh, two steps forward, five gigantic creepy steps back. Uh, I'm, I'm working on that. In the back of her uh, closet. That's where you keep secrets where I'm from. You keep them in the closet. Yeah. All the skeletons. God damn it, Jimmy. It's just uh, you're ruining your national image. You know that on this show. Well, I, like anybody's going to actually believe that, I, I, you know, I came from the past to hang out with you assholes. Well, I'm just saying, what if someone does? You might lose a fan. I don't even sound like me in this time frame. It just doesn't even work that way. Uh, well, I mean, close enough. There's some weird shit with the portals that make me sound like this. It's yeah. just, I don't, I don't know Defecting your throat. Uh, I'm going to affect your throat in a minute here, pal. Oh, I'd like to see you try. Get the review done. I'm trying, dude. You don't want to go. I fucking can't help it. you got to get him under control. You hear that, Jimmy? The rest are fine. I'm not listening to you, son of a bitch. I'm, I'm having fun with this fucking robot. What what number shot are you on, Jimmy? I lost count at 90. 90? God damn. All right. Yeah, whatever. Number 40. I think I'm going to die. Oh, fucking Jimmy Stewart. The bleach your hair. Pretend that you didn't die. Go up the mission step, I'll follow anywhere that is Until you climb too high, cause I get
punch Jimmy Stewart in his stupid face. I'm right here with my stupid face. Anytime <laughs> you're ready, pal. 